0: Welcome to episode 61 of the Writing and Marketing Show with author, entrepreneur, Wendy H. Jones. It's great to have you here with me again. It's a solo show again for a couple of reasons. First of all, I haven't been feeling so well even last week, but I've perked up today. Things are much better. So, hey, we're back on track. Uh, And I did have a guest, but unfortunately, uh, they couldn't do it in the end. So uh, I'm going to interview them next week. So we'll be back on track with the guests next week. But what I thought I would do was do another show uh, based on history because everyone found last week's show so helpful. Um, Before I get into that, uh, we're going to be talking about writing historical characters and it's part one of a series that will have several parts uh, interspersed with my guests. Um, So, Uh, Before I get on there, I would like to say that it's a pleasure to bring you this show every week, and I love doing it, but it does take time out of my writing. If you would like to support that show, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash Wendy H. Jones. And supporting me for just $3 a month, which is less than the price of a tier coffee per month. And I would be very grateful. So that's Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Wendy H. Jones. And it means that I can continue bringing you quality shows. So I've been very interested in, uh, writing history recently, as I told you. And on Saturday, I was at an absolutely fabulous uh, Writers' Day uh, with the Association of Christian Writers, and uh, a very, very accomplished historical writer called Fiona Veach-Smith did a talk, and she was outstanding. Uh, and I'm very much enjoying looking into history, and I've been doing a lot of research and a lot of different things about history. Um, I wrote an in-depth blog about researching uh, history today. So, what I thought I would do was do a series on writing historical characters. Because, they, although a lot of it is like uh, writing um, contemporary characters, uh, a lot of it is different as well. So, I'm going to, as I say, I'm going to be talking about writing historical ca- characters, and I want to start by saying, in many ways, people don't change. From the first man or woman to the newest baby born today, we're we're all the same. Really, we all breathe, eat, sleep, get ill, go to the toilet, have a need for companionship, and we seek entertainment and amusement. It was ever thus. Um, whether telling stories around a uh, fire through oral tradition or playing multiplayer online games, whether eating freshly killed meat or a vegan diet, we are all still the same. Uh, under the skin, really. So there's not much difference. And yet, much has changed. The way we think about things, the way we process information, the way we act, the way we react, uh, the way we think about children... Our expectations of what is normal and acceptable, they've all changed and they will continue to change throughout eternity. So how do we get into the minds of our characters when they're historical characters, when we didn't live in that era? How do we do it? How can we take ourselves back to a time where we may not have been alive and find out how what people were like, how they lived? Um, and what they may have been like themselves. Um, in order, to, We need to be able to uh, portray them realistically in our writing and that's why we need to think about writing characters. And at first this may seem like a difficult task, but let me reassure you it is possible. And I know it's possible because I've done it and so have many others. I'm going to give you examples from my own writing uh, to explain because what I'm going to start about uh, with this time, although we're talking about writing historical characters, I'm going to talk about using objects to do so. So, my young adult books, the Ferguson Flora Mysteries, they're contemporary mysteries, but they are based on some historical fact. I've weaved historical stories in with a contemporary uh, mystery. So there's a historical storyline running through them uh, which provides the basis for the contemporary mystery. Now I'm going to digress slightly here guys because my YA mysteries are currently moving publishers so they're not available. They will be available soon with new covers, new titles, and a brand spanking new third book in the series. Now I'm only telling you this so that you don't go off looking for them quite yet, but they will be out soon. So back to back to characters. How did I write them? How did I write these historical characters in my contemporary um, mysteries? Well, in one I started with an object in all three of them. The object was the first um, thing that I chose. In the first book, it was an ancient Egyptian uh, dagger. In book two, it was a broch. Now, if you don't know what a broch is, and that's pronounced B-R-O-C-H, a lot of people think it's brooch, but it's not, it's broch, and a broch is an ancient stone dwelling in Scotland. And in book three, the terracotta warriors uh, that are found in China were the objects that formed the basis for my historical uh, storyline and my uh, contemporary mystery. Once I had my objects, I started to imagine who may have been involved in the life of that object and I wanted to think about who might have been involved with it throughout the ages to today. Now let me take one of them uh, and go more deeply into this. I knew I wanted my character to be young, so that gave me a starting point. So I now had an ancient Egyptian dagger and a 13-year-old boy. My next move was to do what I did uh, when I was talking about in last week's podcast, which was about uh, researching uh, for historical books. And I started researching the era. So I started researching ancient Egypt. This gave me an idea of the society and the political situation at the time. Now, I knew. I now knew that pharaohs liked a good war. And I now knew that by the age of 13, boys were considered men. Pharaohs didn't care. The Pharaoh didn't care who he conscripted into his army. So my boy was sent to war. I then tried to get into the mind of a boy in the midst of a battle, a young boy, a young 13 year old boy in the midst of a battle. Now I could never have been like that, but I really tried to channel what he might have been like. So I thought about um, what might be happening while he was seeing his friends dying around him or being seriously injured around him. And I imagined his feelings. He would be terrified, ill-prepared and fearing death. So what would most children, most young people want to do in that situation? They would want to run from it. They would want to get as far as uh, far away from it as possible. So they would slip away unnoticed, leaving the sounds, the smells, and the horror of the battle behind him, still clutching his dagger, he runs through the demons of dark as, he runs as though the demons of darkness are nipping at his heels now this isn't still isn't good fodder for a mystery, really, because we've got a little boy that's run away from a battle, and we're talking about a contemporary mystery here. Um, and I so I started, and I've got my object was a historical dagger, but so far, nothing about that object has actually shaped my story. So what I decided to do was look at skills my boys could have, or boy, not boys, my, uh, skills that my boy could have that would make this dagger special. I did some more research to get an idea of the time and he became a distiller of rare poisons he then dipped the blade in the poison and instilled it with a curse anybody who touched it would, in, then and in the future would be cursed so that was what formed the process Every, there was something befell everyone who held this, uh, dagger throughout the, t- throughout time. And I had various characters throughout time who held the dagger and something happened to them. And this is what formed the basis for my contemporary mystery because the dagger then came to Dundee in Scotland in modern day times, was stolen and laid a curse on Dundee. And only a couple of, uh, Teenagers called Ferguson Flora were able to solve the mystery and save Dundee, of course. So I thought I'd let you into my thought processes to give you an idea of what can be done. I combined the research skills I was talking about in last week's podcast and combined it with an object and some and a, a lot of imagination, and it helped me to become to come up with a realistic historical character. However, you need to flesh this out by by thinking about what they look like. Again, this needs to be realistic unless the lack of realism is a part of your story. My 13-year-old ancient Egyptian boy is probably going to be of small stature with brown or black hair with brown eyes. If I made him six foot with blonde hair and blue eyes, at some point there has to be a reason for this. In the story. It has to be a reason for it, so we need to make him realistic. So then I thought about what he would weigh, what what he would wear, where he would live, what he would eat. Was he married? Now you're probably thinking, 13 year old boy married, not realistic, except 13 year old boys were considered adults in ancient Egypt. So to give him more realism, I uh, had him as a married uh, man. And that gave a flavour of what life was like at the time without me saying, oh, you know, children could get married in ancient Egypt. I just made him married. And I then knew that I had to slip things in. And only minuscule parts of it made it into the final manuscripts, enough to flesh him out. The slap of his sandals on a deserted road, slaking his thirst with beer, etc. My character... One characteristic by one characteristic slowly took shape and he was revealed one slipped in detail at a time in my manuscript. Now, there was about... Everything I've told you now, there was so much research went into it and so much time spent fleshing out the character, but it was only about two pages at the very beginning of the book for this character. But I knew him inside out. I knew this character. I knew who he was. I knew how he felt. And this is how, um, and this is how I did it, just by imagining it, by fleshing him out. So what I'm going to do is give you a challenge. It's a slightly different podcast this time, because I'm going to ask you to do some work as well. My challenge is to find an object. It can be one around you or one you see in the internet or in a book or a magazine or in a museum. I saw my object at the British Museum in London. Now I know that as I write this in March, 2021, there are no museums open. Sorry guys. But rumour has it they're going to be open by May or June, I hope. So you might be able to do that soon. Go to historic houses, go to um, art galleries, go to museums. Uh, Where else can you find historic objects? You can find them in antique shops. You can even find them in junk shops, um, at car boot sales. I'm not sure any of this is going to be very helpful to you in the near future due to COVID because of the lockdown. But in the future, if you're listening to this in the future or you're doing this in the future, then they are very helpful suggestions. Now your object needs to be historical object or trust me, it's not going to suit a historical novel. If the nearest thing to you is an Amazon Alexa, sorry, but it ain't going to meet the criteria or cut the mustard for being considered history. However, If you have a tape deck in a junk shop, or you even have a tape deck near you because you still have one, this is where you're going to feel very old. Because, according to the Historic Novel Society, history is considered anything over 30 years ago. And that makes me feel extremely old. However, there is another definition that history is 50 years ago. So that makes me feel slightly less old. However, I still am classed as historical some of my life. Sorry if you're of a certain age. you're just, Some of you is is now history. So any object, you know, if your house is crammed with antiques and a Ming Dynasty vase or two, you're on a winner. So once you have your object, uh, whatever it might be, then think about, uh, I want you to write down 10 characters. Choose 10 characters that could have been associated with this object. So, taking our Ming, Ming Dynasty vase that I know you've got in your front room, think about who the characters could be. I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to give you some examples. So, it could be the potter, the artist who painted it, the peasant who transported it, the emperor who owned it, the child who lived in the emperor's house who may have become uh the next emperor uh someone who stole it someone who sold it someone who bought it there's a lot of people as are going to have been associated with a ming dynasty vase uh the one that springs to mind is somebody that broke it but if it's broken that that could be an idea that could be an idea as well but it's not going to go very far but it could be someone who broke it and you're writing a historical novel about uh, the person who broke it. Something might have happened to them. They might have been transported because they were stealing it at the time. They were tran- transported to Australia. All sorts of objects can come up with all sorts of characters. Then what I want you to do is take your 10 characters and give them uh, five physical characters and five emotional characteristics for every single one of them and make them different. Make all of their physical and emotional characteristics different. So you now have 10 characters that you can flesh out further if you want. Now, I'm not going to make you do everything with every single character. I'm not going to make you do anything in actual fact. I can't make you do anything, but I'm not going to ask you or encourage you to do uh, this with every single character. But why don't you flesh five of them out further? However, you need to flesh, you, you really do need to take at least uh, five of them and give them uh, further details. Uh, what do they wear? Uh, what do they eat? What do they like to do? What is the shoe size? What is? Do they wear a hat? Uh, do they need to wear a hat? Do they have servants? are they a servant, you know, give them uh, characteristics. Then I want to take two of them and write down how the object has changed their life, what has happened to them. And you never know, this might start you off on the road to a short story, a piece of flash fiction, a novel, a play, a, a poem. It could lead you anywhere just by doing this exercise. So I hope you've found this useful today. I'm going to leave it there to give you time to think and to do the challenge. I'm gonna be back in three weeks with the next part of this, with part two, uh, about other ways that you can think about um, fleshing out characters, of developing characters for your historical fiction. Um, I hope you have fun with the uh, challenge. I hope you do the challenge. And think about everything I've said today about how an object can be used to shape your character. And think about how you can use it even in your um, contemporary um, books. But really, I'm focusing on getting you into the mind of historical characters uh, today. So, I will see you next week when I will have a new guest. Until then, have a fabulous week and enjoy your writing. That brings us to the end of another show. It was really good to have you on the show with me today. I'm Wendy H. Jones and you can find me at wendahjones.com. You can also find me on Patreon where you can support me for th- uh, as little as $3 a month, which is less than the price of a tea or coffee you go to patreon.com forward slash H. Jones. I'm also Wendy H. Jones on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope you found it both useful and interesting. Join me next week when I will have another cracking guest for you. Until then, have a good week, and keep writing, keep reading, and keep learning.